Coming up today on Locked On Hawkeyes, Trent and Biz with you as we get ready for the matchup. Coming up this week against Nebraska. Championship is on the line. We break down the win against Minnesota and talk some Iowa hoops. Plus, our picks for the week as bad as they've been. We're going to try to do it once again. That's all coming up today on Locked On Hawkeyes. Our Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back with you once again. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. I'm Trent. That's Biz. And we talk Hawkeyes with you. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. Don't forget about Locked On Sports today. All the biggest stories in the world of sports in a short half hour. And we are available also on YouTube. While you're there, hit subscribe and helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. Iowa fresh off a victory against Minnesota 13-10. Biz, I did the instant reaction afterwards on Saturday night. It was uh, one of those games where you just kind of left shaking your head. How in the world did we find a way to win that football game? Mo Ibrahim absolutely dominating our rush defense. And yet, time after time, Kirk Ferentz in these kind of games against P.J. Fleck, he finds a way. Phil, as you said, when is he ever going to learn? Uh, Trent, it was a great day to be a Hawkeye, and you know, it's a great Great couple of days to be a Hawkeye as a as a as a forty five year old uh, you know ex ex athlete now just couch potato it doesn't get any much any better than the last few days for me I was in Minneapolis for the Hawks win on Saturday went to the women's game with my youngest yesterday and I'm going to the men's game with my two oldest uh, tonight so uh, you know hopefully unless Nebraska Omaha pulls off a shocker you're looking at uh, three wins in three days like I said it doesn't get much better for a uh, middle-aged Hawk fan. So, but yeah, it was, man, we had no business winning that game on Saturday, but uh, we found a way, Trent. We found a way. Found a way. And this one is, uh, I think it'd go down in lore as the Jack Campbell game. This is going to be one that's remembered. I know Scott Docterman wrote an article at the athletic kind of talking about that. Now this guy, he has been incredible. I, the first time I saw Jack Campbell, it was, he had picked up an Iowa offer. It was during the winter, I believe during his sophomore year of high school. And I saw him at the state basketball tournament. You know, he's six four, six five, playing the post for a pretty good Cedar Falls team. AJ Green was on that team and a couple other D1 kids. They're really good, really talented. And I see Campbell out there and I'm like, I don't get it. He didn't really move that fluidly. And it's kind of clunky at times out there. And then the following season, his junior year, I see him in the Unidome playing football. I'm like, oh, okay. He is a football player. And just completely different, look completely like a different kind of athlete on the football field than he did on the hardwood. And watching this guy, his development, he's huge. He's six foot five, the ranginess that he has. Middle linebackers, I know, are not the same as they once were in the NFL, but this guy's got a long, long career in front of him. And it begs the question, what is he going to be remembered? You know, how is he going to be remembered with some of the great Hawkeye linebackers that we've had, certainly the Ferentz era? Well, and the other thing with, with Campbell Trent, is that the man is certifiably insane, too. And I mean that in the best possible way. So, you know, going up to the game on Saturday, the smartest decision I made was that we did not buy tickets until the day before because mm-hmm. with as cold as it was and as windy as it was going to be, uh, the ticket prices just plummeted throughout the week. So we ended up getting phenomenal tickets. We were the 40-yard 40, 40 line, 20 rows up, right behind the Hawk bench. And I happened to be literally right behind 
the bench where the, the Iowa defensive starters sat. And after every possession, they'd all come over. They'd all put on a coat except for one person. <laughs> At no time, not for one second in that game, did Jack Campbell put on anything other than what he had. I mean, didn't put a coat on, didn't put anything on. I mean, I, I should have taken a picture of it. It was pretty funny because there were multiple times where they're all sitting on the bench, 11 starters basically, 10 of them with a coat, not one second. I mean, uh, it, <laughs> he agree. was not going to uh, let let the weather win, let's put it that way. So, But, you know, the other, the flip side, they talk about the Jack Campbell game. As you know, I took my oldest up to the game. We talked about it on the way home. You know, he was fortunate enough uh, six, seven years ago, whatever year it was, to, to uh, get to see Saquon Barkley, the, the Saquon Barkley game in Kinnick. And I told him, uh, I, I think six, seven years from now, you're still going to be talking about the, the Mo Ibrahim game too. I mean, that guy's a, he's a decade long pro. I mean, he yeah. just is a different human of a running back. I mean, the way he makes two yard carries into six yard carries consistently is it's so impressive and you know he's a guy that uh you know i i remember the on barkley game when he had 260 yards i mean i thought we did a pretty decent job with him and honestly other than you know he got loose a couple times but for the most part we were hitting him one two yards and he just moves the pile he moves it for fives and six and so you know it's a testament to iowa football you know we just we kept fighting we kept fighting we kept fighting and, and like you said eventually uh Phil never learns. You know, same thing. You know, third time in four years, Trent. That they pretty clearly had the better football team than us, and uh, mm-hmm. three straight losses. So I jotted down four key plays where where Phil just didn't learn. So you, you ready to go into my uh, my Phil my my Phil Fleck rant? Oh yes, uh, we we always love poking Phil Fleck and, and the goofiness. I had some uh, Gopher fans from the Lockdown account. I, I tweeted out a picture of him in his capris. Uh, th- those are photoshopped, and so I had to respond and say, "Well, this isn't photoshopped, and it's his own six record as the Gopher coach uh, against Iowa." You're right. Uh, the, the, these teams. You go back to last year's game. I rewatched that one uh, last week, kind of leading into it. And and how does Iowa find a way to win this game? Well, it's Kirk pushing the right buttons, and a lot of times it's Phil Fleck pushing the wrong buttons. Well, last year it was obvious. I mean, it was simple. They ran up and down the field on us, but then kicked field goals and wouldn't go for it on fourth and shorter. And this year, yep. same thing. So, yeah. I mean, there's four, four, four plays, Trent, that I think are the key to the game here. I, I wrote them down. Second drive of the game, they get to fourth and one at the 40-yard line. They go up, pretend like they're going to go for it, and then fill chickens out. And they end up calling, wasting the timeout. He wasted all three timeouts the first 10 minutes of the first quarter. But – uh Waste of time out, punts, and, and doesn't go for it in that situation. I look back at that point, we hadn't had a single play where we'd stop their running attack for less than two yards. So fourth and one, I know it's your own 40-yard line, but if you're the the great running team that they really are, go for it. He didn't. Then more importantly, last drive of the first half, they're running it right down their throat. Nine drives, nine or nine plays, nine straight runs, 73 yards. They get to third and one at our 15-yard line. Minute 10 to go, instead of rushing up to the line, handing it off and just pounding it down our throat, they wait, they wait, they wait, they waste 30 seconds off the clock and then throw it. <laughs> Inexplicably decide to throw the ball, incomplete, kick the field goal, miss it. I mean, if you just hurry up to the line, run, you know, you're at the 15-yard line with a minute 10 to go. You can run eight more plays there if you go quickly. And nope, they just decided to pass it. So then they come out, first drive of the, of the third quarter, same thing. Run it completely down our throats. Get down to the nine-yard line, second and six. 
Mo Ibrahim has run for 70 yards in that drive alone. What's he do? Back-to-back passes. Incomplete, incomplete. Field goal to tie the game. And then one last chance, Trent. They run it down our throat again in the fourth quarter. Three and a half minutes to go. They run it down the field, right down our throat. And what's he decide to do? Rest Mo Ibrahim. Inexplicably, they get to the 35-yard line. He brings in Trey Potts for two plays in a row. Those two plays, Potts for two, interception. And there's your ball game. I mean, you completely dominated the game. You manhandled us for three quarters. And when it came down to it, those are the four plays. I mean, four times he had a chance to be aggressive in the first quarter, didn't do it. Had a chance to be aggressive in the second quarter, screws up and passes the ball. Third quarter, running it down our throats, passes it again. Fourth quarter, you have the best player on the field, you take him out for back-to-back plays. So you you, you get what you deserve, Phil. So uh, there's a reason you're 0-6. Yes, there's no doubt about it. And a lot of things that you can point to and uh, saw plenty of gopher fans after the game going after old Phil Fleck and, and not real pleased about it as they take another one. So uh, how much did you get chanted at? How much did you get yelled at? I, I'm sure your son got to go in front of the student section. You said you're going to do that and have him really feel the wrath of those Minnesotans. Yeah, I made sure, but we, we walked over and got, a, got the full who hates Iowa chant to start the game. But uh, <laughs> then we went to it. We, Honestly, we were in a, like I said, we, we had great seats. We're in a good section. We had a group of some super nice guys in front of us. And uh, I was fired up enough at Phil. At, at one point, one of them turned around to me and was like, uh, did he do something personal to you? Because uh, <laughs> yeah, so that was about the angriest they got. Was that they, they were like, oh. but no, it, actually, our section was great. And, you know, for the most part, for most of the game, we didn't have much to cheer about. So we, mm-hmm. we, we I stayed, for me, I stayed quiet for most of the game. But then, uh, Clearly, we, we had the last laugh. So uh, we, uh, at that point, uh, it was so amazing that we won. I, I don't think I was even overly obnoxious then. I'm sure the people around me probably disagree. But uh, well, yeah, I was more I, shocked. I, I, I'm going to disagree. I wasn't even there. I know you too well. <laughs> I try. I try to be a little better when my son's involved. Right? That's good. That's good. Well, uh, hopefully yeah. the old man doesn't rub off too much on him too. Because uh, yeah, well. <laughs> We know how things went, but the funny thing is, for whatever reason, he despises, just despises Nebraska. So, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. So this this week is like personal to him. You know, you know, they they have the who hates Iowa. He has the who hates Nebraska. He's he's always has. So he's fired up for this week. Well, it's going to be a good one. Iowa gets ready to play for a championship in Kinnick Stadium. We'll talk about that here a little bit. Break things down and get ready for the matchup Black Friday against the Cornhuskers as we continue. This is on Hawkeyes Podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by Simply Safe. Did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries, package thefts spike nationally? That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off their award winning security system so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. In an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get a priority police response. Simply Safe is a whole home security system, advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras inside and out, smarter ways to detect motion that alert you when a threat is real. With the top-rated Simply Safe app, Stay in control of your system anytime, anywhere, 
arm or disarm, unlock for a guest, access your cameras, or adjust system settings. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system that I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash lockdown college. This is their biggest discount of the year. Don't wait. Simplysafe.com slash lockdown college. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Trenton Biz back with you on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Again, thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen today. Biz, it's Nebraska. It's Black Friday now. I learned before you are not real fired up for Team USA against England leading into the game. You've never, never watched a soccer game where you made the choice, where you went on, hopped on your TV remote and actually flipped on a soccer game ever in 45 years? I don't think so. And it's not like a... I don't, I don't hate soccer. I'm not like, I'm not one of those uh, grumpy old men, you know, moaning about the old days when, when you know, no, soccer's not, no, I hope we win. But uh, until you told me before today, I didn't know we were playing today. I, I knew we were in the World <laughs> Cup, but uh, I'm in the random uh, pool that our degenerate friends put together. I, I think I have the Netherlands as like my number one team, which uh, go Dutch, I guess. Yes, so, but, yes. Uh, no, I literally have never... I can't remember ever a time where I was like, I'm going to turn it over to soccer. So yeah, I, I will try Trent. I, I will, like I said, it's not a, it's not a conscious decision. It's not like I'm intentionally not watching, but uh, I've never intentionally watched either. So I, I will, what time do they play again today? One o'clock today. All right. I will, I will make an attempt to turn it on. We play Wales. I think I saw. So yes, a, yes. That, that sounds made up, but we'll go with that. So. Wales, uh, yeah, and then England on Friday and try to advance. It would be fun to see them actually make a little bit of a run. Didn't make the World Cup before, but nobody cares about soccer here. That's not why we're here. We're here to talk football and looking forward to Black Friday. So I'm truly baffled. Where the hell are they even playing? Is it Cutter or Cater? How do you pronounce it? Where where is that? I assume it's somewhere over the Middle East. Yes, Qatar. That seems like one of the shadiest decisions of all time. I'm guessing there was some under-the-table money uh, yeah, exchange to, to be able to play the games over there. Well, not only that, and they also had to change it. I mean, the World Cup's normally in the summer, and they had to move it to here late fall in order to make it happen, just make it actually palpable. Because it's, it's 174 degrees there in the summer? Or what? <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah that, that's basically it. But and money talks, and they're building new stadiums. They're one of the stadiums. They can't they drink are, beer even there, Trent. The yeah, yeah they, they shut they shut down the Budweiser tent. No. That, that, that would not be good. If you're making the trip over there, you can't even have a beer. That sounds pretty rough. But, well, you can have a beer at Kinnick Stadium on Friday, and it'll be unseasonably warm for what we've dealt with the last couple of weeks. In the 40s, you got a nice day there on Black Friday at Kinnick Stadium. Yeah, I was kind of, you know, selfishly, I was kind of the weather would be crappy, but uh, just because I think it benefit, you know, as we've seen the last two weeks, yeah. crappy weather is not a bad thing for the Hawks. But uh, I'm not I'm, I'm, I'm not going to mind not having to uh, freeze my butt off for four hours like I did on Saturday either, so. Yeah, it's, you know, you look at this game, Trent, I honestly think Nebraska, they're closer to Rutgers and Northwestern than they are the four teams, you know, the Minnesota, Illinois, Ohio State, Michigan that we, we had fits with. I mean, North, Nebraska's not good. Right. But the fact of the matter is we still got to score points. And so nobody, there's not, there's not a single Iowa game right now Ever, you should be overly confident going into. So I can't imagine we'll be overly confident. But I, you know, keep doing what we've been doing. Same formula. It's one of the last one is the last four. I think. Uh, hopefully, we find a way to do it one more time. So 
Iowa goes into this game. I was surprised by the number. Iowa's favorite currently right now by 10 and a half. The total open at circa at 42 and a half. And that was my first bet of the week on the under there is the unders continue to cash. It's down to 37 and a half now, even at that number. Boy, it's really difficult to see it, it getting over that number. It still feels very, very high. You know, it, as well as Nebraska played for the first three quarters against Wisconsin, it was still a 14-3 game. I mean, it's not like they were blowing them out or anything like that. And Wisconsin was able to run the ball against them. I think I was going to have certainly more success running the football this week. It, it's a matchup that I think sits very well. That 10.5 number seems huge, but we'll get into that with our picks. But the biggest thing this weekend, of course, is we talked about the path, and the path opened up as Michigan comes back with three fourth-quarter field goals to beat Illinois. Harbaugh, we talk about Ferentz in the way that just kind of pushing the right buttons. Harbaugh did that. He did not ever go for it on those fourth and shorts. There's a fourth and four where they're down by four. I got to go for it. No, nope, kicks another field goal and gets it done. The path opens up, and now Iowa playing for a championship back in Kinnick Stadium. And you had Stat Boy, I believe, go to work on that this week. Yep. So this is this is one of my more enjoyable uh, trips down memory lane, Trent. Because what I asked that boy is, let, let's let's take the uh, time machine back to the last time we uh, were playing for a title in Kinnick Stadium. It's been a while, Trent. When was it? Uh, two thousand four is where you're going. So the two thousand fifteen snow game with Purdue in town. That was to clinch the division. There was still another game afterwards, though, also on top of it that they could have. This is basically kind of an outright victory, if you will. Obviously, Iowa tied that year for the Big Ten Championship with Michigan. But I believe you're going back to 2004 for this one, the Wisconsin game. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess I should have clarified. In the the season, uh, the ending, season-ending game, when's the the last time we could end the year with a, 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 a... a Big Ten trophy being presented at the midfield at Kinnick Stadium. And you are correct. It's 2004. It was actually 18 years ago yesterday. I saw it was uh, November 20th, uh, 2004. And, man, that said fun trip down memory lane because, you know, you forget that was such a crazy team. And, honestly, there's so many similarities between that team and this team when you go back and dig into it. Uh, you know, that year, 2004, you had an amazing defense. You had – an all-time bad running game, and you had some luck. I mean, all, all three of those things had to happen. I mean, I went back and looked. You forget that team averaged 2.0 yards a rush that year. That uh, <laughs> is historically awful. And this team this year is averaging 2.8, which is by far the, the worst since then. Uh, but that team, obviously, they had some talent at running back. and They had, you know, Jamel Lewis, mm-hmm. um, Damian Sims, uh, Albert Young, all those guys, but it was it was the year of the uh, what they call it, the airbag, the yes, angry Iowa running back hating God, I think it was. Uh, yeah, but uh, because of that, you know, you had no running game, an amazing defense, and you had some luck because a, a mediocre Ohio State team had to beat Michigan for us to uh, mm-hmm. to, to get there, and, and that's exactly what happened here: it's a mediocre Michigan State team and a good but certainly not great Purdue team had to beat Illinois so uh we that team rode the luck all the way to the end and uh let's hope we can do the same on on, on Saturday you know, ready to look, dig back into that unbelievably fun game back in November of 2004 yeah I mean just the memories that kind of pop back I remember we were down early in the game um it, remember it was how we were down though that's the key well it was Drew Tate didn't he throw a couple interceptions brutal two yeah. two first two possessions First two, two picks, both both by who? J.J. Watt. Oh. 
Who's who's the head coach of Wisconsin now? Oh, Jim Leonard. Jim Leonard, two picks. Wow. Yeah, so Jim Leonard gets two picks. We're down early. We battle. It, it's ugly. It's seven seven. And then the uh, the quintessential Drew Tate play right at the end of the half. Do you remember what happened? I don't. He rolls directly into a uh, blitzer, scrambles out of it, scrambles back the other way, throws up a a unbelievably perfect 50-yard pass right to Clinton Solomon uh, with like 50 seconds to go in the half. And uh, we take the lead right before the half, and then the second half, the defense absolutely dominated. So 30-7 was, was the final. But it was it was 7-7 with 45 seconds to go in the half until, until Drew Tate did what he did best that year, which was uh, pull a miracle out of his hat. Was that the play after he threw the touchdown? He was doing like the helicopter arm thing. Yep, that was yeah, one. Yeah, 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 that's a good one. So, yep. yeah, that game was one of the most fun environments in Kinnick Stadium, too. And just as the second half continued to unfold, you know, the anticipation, the excitement level is this team's going to do it again and win, which is crazy. Their last Big Ten title now that, that was shared, and they lost to Michigan in the regular season. But what a fun season that was! You know, kind of looking back, of course, it culminated in the LSU game in the Capital One Bowl, but. You know, in today's environment, they would have been playing in a New Year's Six game. I mean, they they would have had a chance to go to the Sugar Bowl or the Cotton Bowl or something like that. Great game. Obviously, we will remember that in Hawkeye lore, but could have been a little bit different in today's environment on top of it, too, the way the season ended. Yeah, it was funny. You know, there was a stat boy, as he always does, brings pulls up the newspapers for me and uh, found a great article from Mike Halas, who 18 years later, still, still at the Gazette, <laughs> still writing yep. great articles, but the – there's a quote from that, that article that, that, again, you could drop it into the paper this week and it would sound exactly the same. His quote, two months ago, who but even the most blind Iowa loyalist would have believed that the league's golden football would find its way onto a makeshift stage in the, mid- the middle of Kinnick, Field, or Kinnick Stadium. So uh, same opportunity this week. Uh, if you thought, not even two months ago, if you thought a month ago this was going to happen, you, uh, I think, I think honestly, you, if I remember, you and I actually joked about it happening. Uh, mm-hmm. We said, you know, miracle of miracles, we just got to win five in a row. And I think the only reason we joked about it is we said uh, that's the only way Brian Ferentz would keep his job. But uh, here we are. But, uh, but no, but here, here we are, Trent. I mean, that's that's the, that quote applies. And then there's one other quote in there that I thought was great because it was from the ultimate. Uh, you know, we talked about Jack Campbell being the ultimate warrior. That team. Had my, my favorite player on the team was Tyler Lubke. You mm-hmm. you were there. We, we loved Tyler yes. Lubke. That guy yeah. was uh, you know, the crowd loved him. He was just uh, got the most out of his limited talent. And his quote was, "That asked how do you, how do you explain the turnaround? Simple. It's just simple hard work. That's how it happened. So, uh, you know, same thing with this team. Mm-hmm. Are they even a? <laughs> you know, are they even a?" they're an above average team, obviously, but are they a team that should be playing for a championship? No, but right. they are because of it's a testament to their, their work ethic and their hard work and their never say die attitude because everybody else quit on them a month ago, but they sure as heck haven't. So uh, yeah, very similar storyline 18 years later. Let's hope for the same outcome 18 years later. Get another championship as Iowa takes on Nebraska. We'll talk about that game and uh, give our picks with the degenerate picks. We'll also talk a little basketball as we continue here. This is Locked On Hawkeyes. Today's Locked On Hawkeyes podcast is brought to you by Nissan. This week's thrilling moment. 
In college football brought to you by Nissan, the thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan are intended to empower drivers in vehicles as capable as the drivers themselves. When I think of unbelievable abilities on the field this week's thrilling moment, it's got to be Jack Campbell. We talked about it at the top is that play, which should have been a pick six and ultimately maybe not a good thing. There wasn't a ton of time on the clock if he would have ran it back for the touchdown there. But obviously it, it turned out incredibly good because even up 17-10, I didn't want to see Mo Ibrahim out there anymore. Yeah, I don't think it would have mattered either way. I don't think Minnesota was going down and, and getting seven the way their passing game was. But, yeah, yeah it was – yeah, you said it earlier. It'll be, it'll be remembered for a long time as the Jack Campbell game, just for, for what he did and how, how he did it late in the game. But uh, yeah, pretty, pretty obvious uh, play of the game when it comes to – Whatever the sponsor was, Trent, you're a this is Nissan. This is Nissan play of the game, I believe. That's right. The thrilling moment. This segment inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier Armada or Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com. Trent and Biz wrapping things up on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. All right, Biz. Time to talk a little basketball before we make our degenerate picks of the week. It's Omaha. Then it is Clemson down in Florida, and then likely TCU. Though the Horned Frogs have struggled here out mm. of the gate, uh, not playing very well. Had a a tight win against, I think, a SWAC team. Had a loss uh, this season, so not the top fifteen team we anticipated. But chance to continue the run here. Uh, and we were talking before we went live today. A couple of bets that we're uh, liking to fire at here against the Mavericks from Omaha. Yeah, the Mavericks from Omaha must not be very good because it's a very high spread tonight. But you know. <laughs> Rather than break down the, the Nebraska-Omaha game, we need to take a step back of that Seton Hall game, Trent, because I, yeah. I was just unbelievably impressed with the toughness of our team. That first three minutes was kind of an avalanche of, you know, what could go wrong did. I mean, we fall down 10-2, to two and they had like seven offensive rebounds in the first three minutes. And I was like, man, we're, we're, uh, we're in trouble here because they're just a tougher team than us. And that was wrong because the last 36 minutes, we were definitely a tougher team than them. And we've got – you know, anytime you get Connor McCaffrey, you're always going to have, you know, some, uh, you're going to always have somebody that's an instigator, but, you know, Rabracha, Perkins, Euless, all those guys, they don't back down from a fight. And that's, you and I have talked about in the past, Fran's teams have not always done a very good job of that. They've always had, you know, Fran's had some pretty soft teams in the past and, and you know, finesse teams. And this team, that was not a pretty first half in any way. And the second half was more Iowa basketball with trading buckets. But uh, that first half was a was a slog, and uh, we 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 won the slog. And that's that that toughness is uh, really nice to see because you know we're not always going to be the prettiest team this year. But man, that was they battled. So fun team in general. They are, yeah, and uh, the toughness component. Maybe why this team. Can- bit different we'll see i mean there, there's a ton of season in front of us the big 10 you know a lot of people thought it was going to be deep coming into the year but nobody great i think that still might be the case michigan has a big set of issues as they survived last night after getting blown out by arizona state uh you have michigan state what they've done in the early portions of the season of course indiana at the top and and uh they lose a tough one or no they did they end up winning against xavier friday night I yeah they beat them by one i think yeah down down to the wire in that one but all that aside you know Ken Pomeroy, you know my love of Ken Pom, as he's projected the Big Ten and just his statistical model. Right now, he has Iowa as the second-best team in the conference. He has them finishing 13-7. and seven. You're like, eh, 13-7, that's pretty good. 
14 and six, winning the Big Ten with Indiana 14 and six. You were, uh, well, maybe just out of diapers the last time that it happened. I was not even born yet the last time it happened. 1979, a regular season crown for Iowa basketball. I don't care if it's a six way tie at 14 and six and Iowa gets a share of it, whatever it would take, sign me up. It, it would just, it would be yet another step of the development of this program and just shows year after year what a good coach Bram McCaffrey is, even when we complain about some things he does. Well, and it's never good to look too far ahead, Trent, but if you look at that first half of the Big Ten schedule for Iowa, it's very doable. The schedule gets harder as the year goes on, but there's no reason this team can't be 7-3 and three halfway through the season and just be in it. That's, honestly, that's all I care. I mean, it'd be yeah. awesome if we won a regular season title, but – be fun to just be in the race of five five games to go. That just hasn't happened in a long time for Iowa basketball. So uh, just just let, let's have some hope. Let's hope uh, come mid February we're at least uh, in the conversation. Uh, and I think there's a real opportunity for this team. Not a real deep team, a little bit different than what we're used to with Fram, but got a chance. And uh, uh, Biz told me take Iowa first half tonight. I like that one. I, I fought a 17 and a half out there as we were searching. I think that one's good. And take the team total over for Iowa tonight. Nebraska Omaha. Not very Can good. I make that one of my three picks? Because I suck at college football picks. But I, oh I, boy. I, like I, I was uh, dominating the contest going into the week with a 15 and 17 record. So I, I think that says how this well, season has well. gone. Let's do it though and make our picks for the week. We start off with the game. I'll be hanging out with my future brother-in-law in Cleveland this weekend, watching the game with him. He's an Ohio State grad. And I'm going to be rooting for Michigan. I, I don't think I, I will tell him that, but uh, under my breath, you know, I'm going to be rooting. I'd rather see the Wolverines as opposed to the Buckeyes if Iowa completes the deal and gets it done on Friday against Nebraska. A little over a touchdown here with the Wolverines banged up, but Ohio State's kind of banged up too. What do you like? I think you got to take Michigan. It's I, I just from Iowa having played both those two teams this year, I came away with the impression that Michigan is just simply the tougher team of the two. I mean, Ohio State's got more talent, but you look up and down the year, Ohio State has is, is not been the dominant force everybody expected them to be. I mean, I'm not sure either one of these teams is, is great. They're both very good, but, you know, I, I don't know. You're, you're going to give me a Harbaugh and his, as you talked about, his methodical ways. You're going to give me more than a, more than a touchdown. I'll, I'll take it. So give me Michigan, whatever it is, plus seven and a half. Grabbing Michigan. I'm going to be on the other side here. I'm going to lay it with the Buckeyes. The Blake from injury more than anything. Obviously, we'll know as the week goes on his availability, but not just him, also the backup running back there. And, you know, J.J. McCarthy, I've been kind of waiting to see that that game from him, and he's going to have to keep up here, I think, against Ohio State. I just I don't know if McCarthy quite has that. I, I anticipated he'd be a little bit better than what we've seen out of him this year. Got to score to hang with Ohio State, and I'm just not sure right now the construction of the Buckeyes if they can. I got Ohio State winning this one 34-24 and covering the point spread. Uh, pick number two for the week. It's our best bet of the week. I'm going to Black Friday, and I am going to the matchup of Florida. Gators going to Tallahassee to take on Florida State. You saw Florida last week. I mean, that team has given up. Losing to Vandy in that fashion. Year number one of a coaching staff, and it is certainly not going very well. Florida State, Mike Novell not only saved his job, they're all right. They're pretty good, Florida State. They're I'll lay it nine and a half. They've been destroying teams the last They month. have. Nine and a half is the number. It's a big one in a rivalry game. I'm going to lay it here. I'm going to take a favor for once. Give me Florida State laying the big number. 
Well, I, my, mine's a rivalry game as well, Trent. The, I don't think you're supposed to call it this anymore, but go to the Civil War. Uh, give yeah. me the Oregon State Beavers. Uh, they're the rarity in the, the Pac-12. They're a Pac-12 team that plays legitimately good defense. They've uh, four of the last five games they've held their opponents under ten. It's a home game, and they're getting three and a half. I don't know if they'll win, but I think they'll keep it very close. Uh, so give me give me the Beavers plus three and a half. Going with the Beavers, Bez's best bet of the week. And we wrap it up as we always do with our pick for the Iowa game. Hawkeyes are favored by 10 and a half. The over-under sits at 37 and a half this week. I told you I jumped aboard right away in that total. Now it's gone down to 37 and a half. I'm going under again, though. Uh, this thing seems destined for 2013, 17, 13, something like that. So, yeah, I'm going to go under once again and continue that annuity that helps all my bad pick, uh, picks that I make every single week, just taking those Iowa unders. Yeah, my, as I say, my, my picks have been terrible, but the one thing I've been right on is Iowa unders. And same logic as the last two weeks. I, I'd like to take the Hawks. I think they have a decent chance of covering, but – the safe bets, the Iowa under. If possible, Trent, the last four weeks, Nebraska's offense has been worse than ours. I went and looked. Their yardings the last four games, 248, 267, 146, and 171. Wow. And those were against four very the, the four probably best or you know, probably the four best defenses outside of Iowa in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. And, and we're clearly right in that that same uh that same area. So, you know, the big worry here for, for me, for the Hawks is, that, you know, can we can we put up enough points to win? I mean, is Laporta going to play? I worry. No one said a peep about this, but I think Caleb Johnson's hurt also. He, he didn't yeah. play the last three possessions. He had a nice 25-yard run and ran right in front of us, and he kind of pulled up Gimpy at the end of the run. And so uh, I'm, I'm interested to hear what happens today. I hope, I hope he's healthy because without Caleb Johnson, without Sam Laporta, you're right back to where we were uh, – the first month of the year where whew, there's not much weapons there. So, but the most important thing to think here, Trent Friday is an important day. You know why? Why? It's my birthday. Oh, the birthday last, present for biz. Yeah. The last time the Hawks played Nebraska on my birthday was six mm-hmm. years ago. It was my 40th birthday at the time. And we hung 40 on, them. we won 40 to 10 for my birthday present. So, all I'm asking for is the Hawks to put up 46 on, on Friday. So that doesn't seem like much to ask. No, not at all. Not with this offense. That, that's no problem. Well, let's see. Three defensive scores, a special team score, and then 16 out of the offense. I, I think that's manageable. You can pull that off. Yeah. Your only hope is that what was the year we were, we went to Nebraska and they 100% just quit and we, we yes. destroyed them. Like, you know, the only hope is that they just literally pack it in and just uh, – Play, play flag football the second half. I think that's the only way we can get to 46. Well, the one thing is watching a lot of that Nebraska-Wisconsin game on Saturday, that team has not quit. And, and say what you want about them, they have not quit. And I think that says something about Mickey Joseph. He's going to have a stop. Not going to get the head coaching job, but he's certainly going to be there uh, going forward. And I, I think that says something about this team. So yeah, the hope that is, you know, it'll be a turnkey and we'll just show up and, and be able to win it 24-3. You know, I don't see that happening. I think there's going to be a little fight here, but bring up some good points. They got their own issues offensively. All right, Biz, let's get out of here. It is time once again for Biz's Beat. Well, it's my annual Biz's Beat, Trent. It's Thanksgiving week, and so I always uh, give the same one. I'm thankful, thankful for a lot of things, but because this is an Iowa sports podcast, I am really, really thankful for Iowa sports right now. Man, it's been a great year. I mean, you go back, you go back and look. You, you, uh, you 
can't take for granted just how great of a year it's been for Iowa football. We, we, Big Ten on the doorstep of a second straight Big Ten West championship. You had an unbelievable uh, basketball run last year. I know it didn't end well. I know neither the football season, but man, I mean, the amount of fun we've had. You got add in the Iowa women's basketball. You got the Iowa wrestling's always great. I mean, it's just been it's been a fun run, and let's uh, let's hope it's uh, the ride continues because. Uh, my annual uh, thanks for Iowa sports because uh, they are my one and only true hobby. And it's been a fun hobby the last year. No doubt about it. Good stuff, Biz. We will talk again next week and hopefully be preparing for a matchup against the winner of Ohio State, Michigan in the Big Ten championship game. We'll recap, of course, basketball with three games this week and then a big week in front of them, ACC Big Ten Challenge. And, of course, Duke around the corner, Iowa State, Wisconsin, big weeks in basketball. Thanks, Biz. Have a good Thanksgiving. Go Hawks and happy Thanksgiving.